Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey! I'm a little low energy because we're recording this in two separate segments. The first segment we did like quite a long time ago, but it's in the backlog. And this second recording is done uh, the day after I got my COVID second injection. And So your asshole's a little raw, huh? Yeah, I've been on the toilet quite a bit. Feel a little icky. But we don't let my lack of electrolytes fool you. We have a great show today. We have Ali Levine, TV personality and on-camera expert, and LA-based celebrity wardrobe stylist, mommy influencer, Bravo Liberty, and host of the podcast, Everything with Ali Levine. Plus, she's a mom of two. It's going to be awesome. And then we have, you know you're a mom when... Dot, dot, dot. A brand new segment, plus our ever popular mom rage. But as always, we have hashtag swag bag. And up next, the tits and the shits. So the tits is my dog is my soulmate. Hands down. He is my soulmate. That's nice. That's a good tits. I think I've actually said this on a show before, but he stayed with me the entire time I was sick. He like refused to get up and go to the bathroom and eat. When my mom tried to get him to go, he stayed by my side. He took his paw, pushed it into my mouth and like into my neck and then did this thing where he puts both paws around my neck to like hug me with his derpy little tongue hanging out because he doesn't have front teeth. So when he's really relaxed, his tongue just hangs out. Oh my God. I'm like, I took a million pictures even though I felt like shit because he is just... When he pushes his paws a little bit hard against my mouth and I can smell his little biscuit paw smell. Dorito paws. Oh, I'm just like, you are my soulmate. Matt and I have joked for years and years because Clementine does the same thing that we're going to buy her. And we haven't done it, but that we're going to buy her a little nurse's costume for when we're sick. (laughs) Because I've actually heard you say that. (laughs) She just like she takes such good care of us. We feel like she needs to have like. A little like nurse or candy striper costume. She is. Well, she looks so good in her bark mitzvah that you really should probably get her. Uh, she's, a candy she thing. is just a doll that one. And happy birthday because it was her birthday the other day. It was her birthday yesterday. She's seven. Woo-woo. The first Heron Smith of them all. It's true. <laughs> so that's my tits. My shits. I'm like hesitant to even share this. My shits are. I made the mistake of running a quick errand today because I thought I felt a lot better. Oh, no. And I ran, like, (laughs) literally, like, so close to my mom's house, ran an errand, bumped into a car driving my mom's car. Oh, no! Pulling out of a parking spot. It gets worse. It was just, like, a tiny little bump, but it was someone that was parked in a, double parked in a spot that doesn't even allow it. But when I got out, it was, like, this big passenger van with, like, a slide door, you know? Yeah. I said, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Here, let me give you my information. I'm so sorry. You know, whatever. He goes, I can't get out of the car. I was like, uh, he's like, I'm in a wheelchair. (gasps) I hit a poor man who is in a wheelchair. He gave me his whole, do you hear that? Yeah. I will tie, mom just said she'll tie my daughter up. Yes. I know, but now the all of mom trash knows that you're going to tie my daughter up. Um, well, that's why you have a question. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, that's why you have a podcast. She's not wrong. So then this guy, I'm like, okay, well, I'll take a picture of the damage and show you. He's like, that's the only door I can get in and out oh, of my wheelchair. No. Does it? So that I was like open to close it. I was like, it's fine. It's just like there's some silver from my mom's car on here, but it opens. There's not even a dent. And then he goes, well, it's just not my day. I've been sitting here waiting for this sandwich because I can't cook my own food and that's why I'm double parked and then he goes 
10 years ago on my birthday, I was walking down the street in Center City, Philly, and a truck hit me. And when they were doing exploratory surgery in the hospital, they made me paralyzed. <gasps> I got this whole horrible sob story about how this guy was walking down the street on oh his my birthday. God. Oh, my when God. When a city bus hit him. Oh, my God. He was like airlifted, and they did exploratory surgery to see where... Oh, he was hurt. And the actual exploratory surgery paralyzed him. Oh, my God. This is the man's car. I should have gone first. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, if you want me to fix that, he's like, no, this car is a piece of shit anyway. I just wanted to make sure I could get in and out of my car because it's my only piece of freedom. I was like, I don't know what to give this guy a hug or like, then I just like listened to him talk about being paralyzed because I was like, I know he just wants to tell his story. It was just so sad. And that's the car I hit. Oh my God. Oh my God. You win. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> this poor man. This poor man. Now I have his phone number. He also lives in Pleasantville, which I told you is the not nice place in my town. You know, you call yeah. yours Pleasantville. I'm always like, that's the area in my neighborhood that's not that great. I'm like, oh, I feel so bad yeah. for you, sir. Did you get his address? Yeah. Send him a gift. Yeah. Like something silly, like flowers, just something that'll like brighten that guy's day. Maybe a gift card to that sandwich place. Yeah, that's perfect. That's really nice. Oh my God. He was such like a nice man, but he had so much like sadness. It was so sad. Then he called me and he was like, you're so nice. And I'm like, I'm nice. I'm the one that hit you. I was like, this is not my car. This is my mom's car. But I'm an adult. I was like, I have my own car. I'm just not driving it. I'm an adult. I'm an adult. I had my COVID shot. I probably shouldn't be driving. I'm a little under the weather, but I just live down the street. I just figured just one air and water. Oh my God. Because when I'm nervous, I get even more verbal diarrhea. Like even more than usual. I don't do well with those kinds of things. Like when I was little, I was always in choir of some kind, and I remember being in, like, the second grade, and our choir would go sing at old age homes during Hanukkah, and I would cry the entire time on stage because the old people (laughs) made me so sad. And this happened all the time. Like, I I can't, I don't have the capacity. This is why I don't watch the shit you watch, because I, it affects me too much. I literally was just like, what do you need? Do you want me to go get your sandwich? Do you need anything? I was just like, I just Do you need a handy, sir? He was very handsome, by the way. He was super handsome. Was he young? Like an old dude. Like, he looked kind of like Harrison Ford, actually. Oh. But like Harrison Ford's age. Oh. That's all right. I I am going to get him a gift card to that. But I'll have to run the errand when I feel better. (laughs) Oh my God. That was awful. I I hated that story. Sorry. Don't ever tell it again. Uh, well, my child was an actual demon today. All right, so here's my shits. So my in-laws are coming tomorrow to help me personally out because I have a, a gig on Wednesday and Thursday. And Matt, you know, even though he works from home, he just cannot take care of Sebastian and work, which I get. He's, like, very overwhelmed. So right. I asked my in-laws if they could come and help us out, and they did. They agreed. No problem. But when they come, I always go on like a cleaning spree, which is good because like, honestly, my house was disgusting and it was like my spring cleaning. Uh, You know, like the kind of cleaning where your hand smells like Clorox for two days? I kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, I do too. It just feels clean. The deep clean you don't ever do. I texted you at one point and I was like, I'm cleaning the base of my blender with a toothbrush right now. I've been all day, all day, all day, all day. And also taking the dog to get 
her haircut, taking the car to get washed, like shit like that. I made lunch for Matt and Sebastian, didn't make lunch for myself, shit like that. I've done the whole part of my downstairs and I've like worked my way up to the living room. The living room is just a tragedy. You know, like Sebastian has had free reign of the living room and it is just shit everywhere and like Osmo pieces everywhere, like all kinds of shit. I'm like, Sebastian, you got to clean up. And at this point, it's like 4.30 or something. And Matt comes up and I'm like, listen, he's not listening to me. I need you to get him to clean up. And Matt just starts cleaning up his shit. And I'm like, look, I understand you're trying to help right now, but you're making this issue with him not cleaning up worse by doing this right now because then he's just going to expect you to always swoop in and he's not going to listen to me and I I just need you to get him to clean up and Matt also had a long day and was like I don't care I don't care I just want to I just want to clean I just want to get you what you need to get and I want it to be done with and I was like okay again though this is not helping me actually one might say it's actually hurting right right this is actually like making the situation much worse in the long run so if you could not do that sebastian starts going i don't like you i don't like you mama like singing this song and i am like stewing right like fucking if this was a full-size adult i would have like taken him by the fucking hair and destroyed him but he's my he's a child and i cannot do that I'm like progressively getting more upset and I'm like, Sebastian, stop. You should have like, I'm not a super big fan of yours. I know, but I usually do stuff like that. And everyone is like, you stoop to his level. You don't act like his mother. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know what to do, guys. Matt tells him to go take something upstairs. He starts walking up. He starts like, he stops on the stairs and looks at the mirror on the stairs and like starts like admiring himself. And I was like, get the fuck upstairs. And Matt was like, you can't talk to him like that. You can't talk to him like that. And I just put my coat on and left my house. I had ordered dinner. It was 10 minutes away, according to Seamless. And I flat out just left. I just left. I left and went to my parents' house and hung out with them and had wine and ate their dinner and came back. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm so tired. So wait, was that your tits or your shirt? I don't know. I don't even know. I'm just so, I know I didn't hit a man in a wheelchair who has no joy other than his fucking sandwich (laughs) and his car. But I just can't parent anymore. I'm done. I give up. Like, can I return him? I don't even want an exchange. If all they're going to give me is a store credit, they can fucking keep it and shove it up their ass. I don't want it. I just want the return. I want to move on. I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of this. And my kid is good. I just can't... I'm so tired of this. I had a friend literally tell me this week, we were on a phone conversation when she got a call from her gyno telling her that her egg count was much lower than it's supposed to be and she needs to freeze her eggs. So naturally she called me back and starts crying and I was like, oh my God, kids are so overrated. (laughs) Like, don't even worry about this. I was like, you are killing your career. Like your career is fucking amazing. Don't even worry about kids. My tits are, my house is clean. I don't know. Yeah. Also, I've had a headache since I got the vaccine. That doesn't mean you shouldn't get vaccinated, people. No, no, no. absolutely get vaccinated. because It just might mean that Ashley has a brain tumor. No big deal. God, I really hope not. I... God. What if I do? Oh, you know what? I I'll get a vacation from mothering for a while. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> 
We're going to hell. We're already there. We're in it right now. We're in it, my friend. Oh, <laughs> my God. Catholic school can't start soon enough. Anyway, there you have it, guys. <laughs> the tits of the shits. So just a reminder, we are now on TikTok and we have a private Facebook group called Mom to Our Squad. You should find us all the places. It's all different content everywhere you go. We are constantly making new content. <laughs> Do you like that voice? So good. Anyway. Time for Mom Aside from you, you sort of mom raged, but I I, I mom raged so hard. Do we even need a second mom rage today? I think so. I mean, evidently we do. Okay, this comes from Rachel. Here's one for your stepmom rage. Her partner's one daughter, uh, she's 12, cannot seem to grasp the concept of throwing her wrappers into the trash. She always throws them into the recycling bin. I've asked a thousand times. I've sung a musical about it. I've made her take wrappers back out of the recycling and put them into the trash. I've asked her, do you understand that these wrappers are not recycling? She says yes. And then I still find them in the fucking recycling. So now I've taped the wrappers I found today onto the top of the trash can in hopes that she will understand that this is where they belong, not the recycling. Part of me is like, well, at least they're going into some kind of receptacle and not on the floor. And another part of me is like, this preteen bitch just fucking with me at this point. Uh, I even tried to call her out. I was like, I think you're just too lazy to open the trash can with your foot and put them inside so you throw them into the open recycling bin. She said, no, Rachel. We feel you. That would drive me crazy. It's kind of like my son just throwing his socks all over the house no matter how many times I say, just put them by the fucking basement door. And here's Rachel just trying to do good by the earth yes. get that recycling. Yes. And then that recycling's going to be rejected if you got them wrappers in there. Just an idea, Rachel. My three-year-old son has really taken to recycling because of Blippi. Say what you will about Blippi. You know we've said a lot. This is a teenager, though. Perhaps her talking down to this teenager by saying, I think you need to watch this episode of Blippi will help. It's passive aggressive. It's bitchy. And maybe it'll make a point. Or maybe you should do what that one woman on Instagram did, which is every time her husband leaves something, she puts it stacked up in his bed. That's On good. his side of the bed. I also saw a TikTok recently where a woman was like, today, I'm going to show you how to throw trash in the trash can and she's like we have a hammer we have a headlamp we have all these things she goes we have a tape measure and all of these are insignificant we don't need any of these all we need is to throw it four feet in the garbage that's amazing you know I can't send you all the tic-tacs, TikToks that make me laugh because <laughs> TikToks TikToks because there's so many some of them some of them involve a surgeon cutting an entire person's face off it was a facelift face I wanted you I to see what goes into a facelift I will never get it creepy I mean anyway we hear your rage Rachel, thank you for sending us your thoughts and we will send you a little something in return. Yes. Mom Taraj, we put the rage in motherhood. Send us your rage. Send us your mom rage. Send it. Send us your mom rage on tour. Next up, Allie Levine. Stay tuned. So our first guest is a TV personality and on-camera expert, an LA-based celebrity wardrobe stylist whose work you've seen, there's my dog, whose work you've seen in Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, in time with Justin Timberlake, Kanye West's World Throne Tour, X-Men First Class, New Girl, and much more. She's also a mommy influencer, a Bravo celebrity, and host of the podcast, Everything with Allie Levine. And she is a mom of two. Please welcome Allie Levine. Yay! Yay. Hi, ladies. 
is so excited to be here. So excited to have you. So this is, you know, you were on our live show and I have been dying to ask you this question, but there wasn't time on the live show. You are a bravo liberty and I am a bravo-holic. <laughs> Please just give me the rundown from top to bottom of that entire situation. There will absolutely be questions that follow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I always crack up whenever I was like, you're a Bravo Liberty. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> Girl, it says it on your website. I know, but it's like, let's be real. Like my publicist and team did that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If I were on a Bravo show for like three seconds, I think I'd call myself a Bravo Liberty. I mean, I, I mean, hey, I, I mean, I was on there, you know. Yes. So, I mean, I guess and I did get butt naked. So I guess I deserve the title. Seriously. Yeah. So you were on Stripped, right? Because I remember that show. <laughs> oh, you remember? It? Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I, I don't remember your particular episode. I need to go back and watch it. But I do remember the concept being it was like people had everything taken away from them in their home, right? Like all their clothes, all their possessions, like no toilet paper, no food, right? Yeah, you got it. Minus they did give us toilet paper. So it was everything was taken away from you including your clothes for 21 days and then they gave you a box back after you stripped down and they you know you handed off your literally like everything off your body they gave you a box in exchange and they were like here you go here's your next like montage for life and you're like uh great and you open the box and it's got toilet paper water and disgusting MREs um that like were like the food rations or whatever oh like the freeze-dried type food like the camping food yeah Yeah. so gross yeah so yeah that was the three things they gave you and then everything else you had to ask for otherwise you didn't get it oh my god I I actually think there would be nothing worse than being naked and not having toilet paper like that has gotta be because that I thought that was the original thing and I was like oh my god are they walking around with poop butts that's the worst <laughs> naked on tv <laughs> naked and afraid the inside version yeah <laughs> they did give us toilet paper okay um, but to be honest we like we probably use the toilet paper more well at least myself used it more for like um hardcore ghetto pillows on the floor instead of like actual using it for what they're usually used for because we were you know asleep on our hardwood cold yeah. floor. It was hardcore sleeping on hardwood floor. <laughs> no pun intended. My husband, Justin, the first day after that was like, fuck this. We are not going to last. So like, there's no way I'm getting our couch. And I was like, what are you, I was like, what are you crazy? I'm like, you're getting our couch. And he's like, yes, I'm not getting clothes. I'm getting my couch. And I was like, I'm getting my dress because I'm losing <laughs> naked. And he was like, okay, great. Way to take one for the team. So I got dressed and he got our <laughs> <laughs> he got our couch and God love him because he was so freaking smart because I thought in my mind like oh we should have gotten the bed but no he's so smart like that that he like got the couch because in his mind he's like oh the couch could be used for sitting for sleeping we use the pillowcases for like actual like faux blanket we used it to like put around our head as like a little like a uh, shower caddy thing like I mean we were like super hands on with the with the whole couch situation that's amazing. Wow, that gives you a whole new way to look at buying a couch. You're like, what yes. if this is all that I have? Yeah. I need to learn how to really make this silly posturpedic couch work for me. Right, exactly. So like, but like, that's literally what it was about, right? Like every single thing that you got back, it was like, how do I make this work to the utmost extent? Because this is not like 
real life. Even though we were like living in real life, it was like everything was still taken away from you. I mean, the only things that were in our home was our stove and our fridge and they legit chained them up so we couldn't use them. Like we couldn't get them out. So they were like, fuck this. We'll just chain them to the wall and like put a huge padlock on them. So like, don't go near them. We were like, okay. It was funny. Oh my God. God. (laughs) Crazy. They were hardcore. Like when they came with the moving truck, I remember sitting there on the couch and they were like asking us questions and doing our testimonials. And they were like, so what do you think? And honestly, I was like laughing and smiling because in my mind, I don't know. I like you, like you, like Ashley, like I would watch a bunch of Bravo. I've styled people on Bravo. So I didn't really think it was going to be as hardcore because I've been around so many people. So I'm just like sitting there like, la la. And they were like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. And then all of a sudden, like everything starts disappearing and it's getting really real and getting really quiet. And they're like, like, how are you feeling now? And I'm like, oh, not so good. Not so good. And they're, like, <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, talk to us. And I'm like, well, I kind of felt like do what I got to do for the show. And then like nighttime, get my clothes back. And they're like, yeah, no, this is like not housewives, honey. This is stripped. <laughs> yeah, I think I would ask for first my antidepressants back. Number one. <laughs> I feel like they can't take that away from you. Okay, okay. Well, then maybe some other pills that I have. Ashley's right. They couldn't take, I mean, I didn't have anything to take, but they. Ashley's right. They couldn't take any of your medications. They couldn't take anything that like, you know, that you would need. They couldn't take it away from you. Okay. Like they couldn't, take, they couldn't take my birth control. Okay, okay. So, right. So I think, okay, if I got my antidepressants, I would say either a chapstick or like a face balm because I get so damn dry. I'd rather be naked and moisturized. That's <laughs> my new reality show naked and moisturized moisturized. i mean it has a great ring to it thank (laughs) you well i'll invite you on if you're ready to go for round two (laughs) and then i think that i i don't know ashley what would you ask for first honestly close the idea of being naked this is in no judgment towards anyone this is literally for me myself nothing sounds more uncomfortable to me than being naked on TV. Like, I don't even want to be, I barely want to be naked in my house with nobody around. It's just like my own personal preference. Like when I watch Naked and Afraid, there is nothing that is more of my nightmare than being naked on camera in a place where there's things that want to climb into all my holes. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I doubt like in Union City. Our home, I mean, everybody kept joking like, oh, it's kind of like Naked and Afraid at home. Like kind of. I mean, you know, (laughs) it was pretty much the same idea. But no, I mean, look, it was funny because when they told us that they were going to take our clothes, they told us like pretty sneaky with Bravo, like later in the game, like in the beginning, it was like, we're going to take everything away from you for 21 days. And like, what do you learn? Oh, they didn't tell you you they were taking your clothes? Oh, (gasps) no, no. <laughs> That's like kind of deceitful. I feel like I would like be like I'm not doing it. I know, I know, but like being naked on camera is a whole other thing. Oh, I'm with you, but like I, everyone was like, duh. Like, well, you, my, my publicist was like, um, really, like you're shocked that like Bravo would do something like that, and I was like. Well, I mean, it was just like, and they told us like they had the concept of like vulnerability and like maybe pretending to bore us on camera. And then they said like maybe giving us clothing that would be like tan and look like our skin. And so it was like all these things that it was like, well, maybe this, maybe that. And then oh. right, before, right before they were like, you know what? Nah, we're going to have you stripped down. We were like, okay. <laughs> okay. So you were on, were, was this an overarching storyline? Like, did this go through? About multiple episodes or did each episode feature a different couple or grouping of people? So when we filmed, like you guys know, as everything changes in production. Yeah. So when we filmed, it was supposed to be like nine weeks. 
And they filmed us for over a month because it was like nine weeks long. But like was what the idea was to put out. But then like you know, production happens, NBC bought Bravo, blah, blah, blah. And they changed it. And they were like, you know what? We're just going to feature like every episode. And supposedly like, and I don't know, because like it's all hearsay. But supposedly now they're at a contract. Like supposedly I was told that like a bunch of episodes didn't do as well as they thought they were going to as far as filming and the content. So they were like, okay, you know what? We just want to feature certain ones. And then we don't want to have to worry about like having the ongoing stories because they don't hold weight, whatever, who knows. They told us they wanted to feature us. They ended up, you know, doing us for the premiere episode. It was like crazy and fun because it was like, oh my gosh, like we couldn't believe we were the, you know, featured episode. And I remember telling my parents when we were doing it and my husband's parents, like, hey, by the way, we're going to be naked on the show (laughs) using like so many of our clips for the commercials. My parents were like, oh my God, that's really you naked leaves around you. And I was like, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> it was like it was crazy. I'm sorry. I know there's so much more to you than this Bravo thing, but I have been dying to really ask you about this. Oh, you're cool. You're good. <laughs> so my husband and I are very into, you know, like what goes into making these types of shows more than more than even the shows itself. And we're like this with every reality show that we obsessively watch. So what was the casting process like for this? Obviously, this is going to be different than being casted as a housewife or something. What went into this casting process? This is again for me hearsay because for me, because I was, as you said, like I'm a celebrity stylist because I was in the space and I was stressing a lot of people on Vanderbilt Brawls and Housewives and Rich Kids on Eat, all these different shows. That's my next question, by the way, is we need to talk about those people. Okay, continue. (laughs) So because I was around the family, if you will, I was like very much knew most of the team. So they had mentioned a while back that they wanted me to do this like fashion show, reality show, which of course never got greenlit because ladies know all about that yeah so it was like I wanted to do this fashion show with them that was reality I was all for it I had been like casted and done audition la 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 whatever and they were like cool like this is what this is gonna happen and never like didn't happen and then this came along and then this other producers one of my friends was like oh my god they want to have you for this like you'd be perfect and I'm like why would I be perfect for this show has nothing to do with fashion has nothing to do with anything that like I'm interested in like no thank you and she was like no it would be so great for you and like you would learn a lot as being someone who is so into your accessories and fashion and I was like no I'm so not into this and so they kind of approached me and then I told my husband and Justin being like Mr. like gives to zero shits like he just zero fucks given he was like oh well you know this might be good for you to do and I was like excuse me and he's like it'd be really good for you like to get out of your shit and get out of your own way and like you're always like so obsessed with you know your Louboutins and this and that and I was like well I like them what can I say and he's like yeah but you know it wouldn't hurt you to like take a breather and I was just like uh I don't know and then like they came over and we did like a whole little casting session and they met Justin and they were like oh my god he is like anti-bravo like we want him and so then it became oh we're gonna have you guys do it together and then that's how it all played out but I heard for other people I heard literally they just started kind of asking around different friends and like around like communities to find out who would be like willing to like lose it all and want to learn something from it and that's how they started picking people awesome Okay, so now, who have you styled on Vanderpump Rules and which housewives? Lala, Sheena, Ariana, Katie, Tom Sandoval, and Tom Schwartz. My God, so basically everybody but, like, Jax and (laughs) Stassi. Yeah, yeah, Jax only once, and that was the whole shit show in itself. 
I'm sure. <laughs> Sassy's very much uh, has her uh, had her fashion team when I uh, came into the world. Um, so, but yeah, most of them I styled. And then Housewives, Gretchen Rossi, um, Vicky, um, Tamara, Lisa Vanderpump. When you come into like a Vanderpump setting to be a stylist, is it like you're styling them on a day where they're filming or do they come to you ahead of time? You guys pick outfits. Like how, what is that process like? You know, every person in every situation is different sometimes they'll hit me up and say I have an appearance on watch what happens live and I want to look bomb for my appearance like what can you help me with and put me together other times it's hey I need to be on the reunion and I need a killer dress because so-and-so is gonna call me out right you know and then I have to find them like the most fierce look other times it's I'm you know I just want to be set up like a lot of times it's Sheena like her and I became good friends and she's awesome and so like with Sheena like she you know had an idea of what she wanted but she still wanted to have options so whenever she was filming, she didn't have to worry about it. So we set her up to have like a bunch of stuff that she could just throw on when she was filming as well as for red carpets, plus some options for watch what happens live. So she was like set up with a whole closet so that even if I wasn't around, it was like, cool, I kind of know what to put together from working with you. And then if I have questions, I'll hit you up. Yeah, that's what we needed, Ashley, when we were doing all those I know that's that's what I would do is like just have somebody come in and obviously Allie. <laughs> Just have like a whole, a whole like, these are different looks. This is, this would work for a party. This would work for an appearance. This would work for like the shots of you asking Shay about his drug addiction. This would work for, you know, uh, telling him about the time that he cleaned out the bank account. This would work for the tattoo reveal. It's true. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so true. And it's, it's funny because, um, you know, it's like, obviously you just never know. And especially with their show, like everything is so real. So it was more just like, okay, cool. You need some cool casual outfits. You need some that are more like dress and hang out. You need some more cocktail chic. You need something that's a little bit more fierce. You need some that are like crazy. Like it was just very much like, and then you need some for red carpet and maybe you're going to make an appearance, you know, for press junket. So it was just like you said, it was like laying out like the layers of like what everything was so they could go into their closet and grab. Now, every now and again, they'd have a huge red carpet or a huge gala or a Watch What Happens Live and they'd be like specifically like, I was told, you know, none of these colors, like they're very, Andy's very, very specific when it comes to Watch What Happens Live. He's like kind of obnoxious like that. So it would be like, um, none of these colors, none of this, none of that. So if it was that case, then they would turn to me and be like, I need four options, this type of style. And then even then they would take a picture and then Watch What Happens Live usually decides before they go on which one they'd wear. So then potentially oh. it was oh I don't like this anymore so then can you get me another option for this so those kinds of projects take a little more time because there's so many cooks in the kitchen which drives me personally crazy that's amazing okay that's that fascinating ends, that I, I'm like <laughs> I, I could ask so many weird behind the camera questions oh, about this I mean, I've it all and it's so funny everyone's like oh you just like get them dressed and I'm like yeah I wish like you know and, and it's like I wish everyone also would be like oh I hired her so like I should listen to her and like most people people do as far as like the talent but then the managers the agents the people like Andy like they're the ones like oh can you get me five more options oh this this and I'm like oh my gosh no these are the options we tried on 30 options (laughs) have you always been good at fashion like have you always has this always been a skill for you something you've liked or have you really had to cultivate it over the years I mean I would say I cultivated it as I got stronger and as I got more confident as I would style you know bigger and bigger people but I think that I always loved fashion fashion was always my passion my mom always said since I was like three years old I would go in my drawers and pull out like all different outfits and put them on and she would look at me and be like that doesn't work and I'd be like this is what I want to wear and like that was how I always was and my grandmother like 
who my first daughter Amelia is named after, she was always fabulous. The woman could either be in a robe or like head to toe Dior with high heels and like rouge on her cheeks and pearls. And she was just fabulous. And I always stared at her and always tell her how much I loved what she was wearing and would like take her clothes and try to put them on even if they like swam on me. And I think I just always had it in me. And then as I got older, you know, I took different fashion classes and sewing classes and did like painting and oil painting. I took all kinds of creative art classes as I got older to just kind of learn every side of things and figure out what I was good at and what I wasn't. And I think I like further cultivated it and further grew into it. But I think I always had a love for it. Like fashion was always my passion. I always like to say, you know, a a lady of a certain age is a very classy dame when she calls it rouge. (laughs) So you have worked with so many various celebrities throughout Justin Timberlake, done the Kanye West, all the Bravo stuff we talked about. Is there a killer parenting tip that you've learned from a celeb? (laughs) Why, that most of them throw tantrums and I had to learn how to be a parent really early? (laughs) (laughs) That's good because you've had to parent too many of them before you even had your own kids. I mean, yeah, and a therapist and a this and a that. I mean, look, it's so funny you say that because so many people have said to me like, oh, do you feel like you kind of learn before? And I'm like, kind of, but I don't think I realized it until after like I actually became a mom and was like, oh shit, I kind of like did this a little bit with different people. And it's funny because there were times with certain celebs that I will not name because of NDAs, but they would throw fits and that would be why, by the way, they have you sign NDAs. And so it was just... (laughs) And some of them shit their pants and throw up too. So it's just like parenthood. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, it might just be some drugs and other things involved, but same, right. same uh, result, you know? So it was just d- dressing certain people and throwing tantrums and, you know, I can't wear that. Or like one of my favorites was like, I was at a huge cover shoot and this celeb like literally told me to bring like 50 options. We rolled in with 10 racks of couture. They went through every rack and not one piece did they want to wear. Oh and this God. was a seven- of seven page spread mind you and a cover they're like throwing the tantrum and I'm running all over Hollywood picking out stuff while they're shooting like just background and trying to get things done and I come back and we're still trying to get this person to calm down and everyone's trying to work on them there's a whole literally like a tantrum like two-year-old situation and it was like literally like the coaxing and the, okay it's all right we're gonna figure this out and I was like oh my god I have to calm down because like otherwise this shit is just not gonna happen and not only did I have to like really reel in like you said the parenting tip of like it's all good and keep things calm I also had to like pull magic out of my ass and like start literally taking fabric from like her closet and creating outfits that like didn't exist and like just making magic happen and let me tell you that magic is what wound up on the cover not in the outfits I brought but sort of whatever the hell I put together from her closet I guess I think a lot of what um styling pertains when it comes to celebrities could definitely equal some parenting tips (laughs) my god you're so honest and vulnerable on your Instagram one of the things that we love about you so much is how honest you've been about your postpartum struggles. I know that Carrie, you and I talk all the time about having had a hard time in all of that. Um, and we touched on it briefly on your show. We'd love to hear more. We think it's so important for our audience to hear people's real experiences because this is something that's not really, people aren't really exposed to. They're starting to be, but you know, it's not something people often talk about. Can you share more about what it's been like for you 
and what you've gone through. and With both your children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And thank you for the support because it definitely wasn't easy to share. And a lot of people say to me like, oh, you know, you're so vulnerable and you're so open. And, you know, going back to what you guys were saying about like the celebrity styling and, you know, my world, you know, being real, like before I became a mom, my whole feed, I mean, it was all glam, all celebrities, red carpets, myself, super dressed up in glam at red carpets with my celebs taking selfies. Like it was nothing like what you see now. I would have never imagined it to look like what it looks like now. You know, I think that when I went through my postpartum depression with Amelia, after having quite a traumatic birth, you know, I went from wanting a water birth um, and, you know, vaginal natural birth to being transferred from my birth center to a hospital to have a C-section, you know, that alone was traumatic. And then winding up with pretty heavy postpartum depression and not even realizing it and kind of like thinking it was baby blues and then playing it off like, oh, well, this is just now what motherhood looks like and what it feels like. And it's not a big deal. And I just kept making excuses. It was like, oh, this is just what it is. And then it finally spiraled out of control. And it took to a place of just like, I couldn't even figure out like what my name was. Basically, I was just like, who am I? What is happening? I felt like I was mourning the death of myself. And I just didn't even know who I was. And I went into this dark tunnel. And I remember like being that dark and just thinking like, wow, like this is just my life now. Like I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm turn on when I have to, when it comes to my daughter and then I turn off because I can't handle anything else. So I'll just turn on for her and nothing else like that. That's all that matters. And in my mind, I thought that that was totally normal because I was a new mom and like, is now what moms are supposed to do? Like they're supposed to take care of, you know, their children. Like I wasn't thinking about my health or my emotional being or anything, my physical, nothing. It was just like, Oh, I'll just be of service to her. And that was it. And it took my husband and other people around me to realize I was not in a good place at all. And thank God they kind of pointed it out. And then I sat down, you know, with a therapist and counselor and they really diagnosed me and were like, yeah, you know, you're in pretty heavy waves of postpartum depression and a little bit of anxiety. We need to work through this. And I think at first when they said it to me, I kind of laughed because I was like, huh, what? No, I don't have that. And it was like, I wasn't ready to admit that I, you know, was going through that. It was like my ego just wouldn't let me let go of that, you know, I, in my mind before I had Amelia, like I was going right back to set, going right back to my celebrities and my life and nothing was going to change and <laughs> universe had other plans. And so, you know, fast forward after going through much counseling and therapy. And for me personally, I took CBD. I know that's super controversial for a lot of people, but all I'll say is for me, it really helped and it really worked. Um, I'm not someone who does as well on prescription. And so for me, I really wanted to try to do something different just knowing how my personality was and so I wanted to see what else I could do and CBD was something that was you know mentioned to me and my midwife had given me some specific instructions around it my doctor had said it was fine and so that was what I did on top of heavy meditation cognitive therapy regular therapy um, affirmations journaling I mean it was it was a lot a lot a lot of work Um, probably more work than I would imagine if I had done other um, ways to go about it but I really just knew that I I had been prescription drugs in the past from my grandmother passing away and it like really did a number on me so I just knew it wasn't really right for me if I didn't have to do it that being said anyone who's listening whatever works for you that is going to get you to be yourself again is all that matters Carrie and I both take anti-anxiety and other medication and it's you gotta do what you gotta do that's right for you exactly whatever works for you and for me like you know I just they you know when my grandmother passed away that was my first time of really experiencing like a dark depression and you know they put me on different prescription drugs and I just handled it horribly yeah. and I just remember like I was like a zombie I just like couldn't deal I was a mess 
business. I was like, not myself. I was barely functioning in my marriage. Like it was just really, really bad. So when it came to the postpartum depression, I think that that horrified me because I was afraid to go back to that feeling when I was already feeling numb in whatever thing I was going through. And so I had said to my doctor, like, okay, I would like to try something else. If it doesn't work, then okay, I'll do something else. But luckily, CBD did work for me. Um, and I have heard from other moms that CBD um, has worked for some as well. Like My friend microdosed actually for her. Really? Like sort of like she got one of the doctors that works with Silicon Valley dudes and microdosed yeah. uh-huh. THC and also um, like hallucinogenic, like um, acid. acid. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, I've heard that too. And like very small amounts and it was dramatic. Right. I noticed it even before she told me. I was like, whoa, okay, so you're like, putting on clothes now and you're <laughs> walking outside your house that's huge because she had not done that for such a long time like it, she goes yeah I found a, do- a silicone valley do- Sil- silicone silicon valley doctor you live in silicone valley right. silicone valley now living in hollywood <laughs> but silicon valley it really helped her quite a bit well yeah good for her and that's why i say like whatever you subscribe to whatever is comfortable for you like do that because same thing antidepressants were not her jam they just yeah i think it's more, it's more important to know who who you are like if you know you're someone who is fine on prescription then cool do it if you're not then like look for something else and I think that for me being on you know CBD and having that be like my every day for almost a year I mean I noticed a, a difference within the first three weeks it was a game changer for me you know it's so interesting I I don't know how to say this without sounding offensive so I'm just gonna say it because I've never really Uh-oh. cared before Uh-oh. but I think that being a dramatic lady and being obsessed with TV and Lifetime movies starring Tori Spelling and Tiffany Amber Thiessen or whoever <laughs> I always thought postpartum was like you wanted to kill your baby, you know, like rip from the headlines, you drive your kid into the water or you have Pika where you're like had your baby and you're eating your carpet and like (laughs) doing stuff like that or you just like don't like your kid. Like your kid comes out and you just don't totally feel mean. anything. Like you yeah. feel no affinity towards your kid. When I was just like feeling like I'll never ever find happiness ever again and that this is my life now. Also, I'm the most miserable I've ever been. I was like, this is just what it is. I like didn't realize because it didn't look the way that Hollywood and whatever yeah. had told me it would look. And then, you know, I talk about this, like meeting Ashley and doing the Scary Mommy podcast made me sort of realize because I had a feel, I had a touch of feeling like my old self again. It was that that made me realize Mm -hmm. how postpartum I actually was because it was almost like I would step into that life. And then when I would come home, it was like I was living a double life. And I was like, that's not right. Like it's uh, something is going on chemically in my life. One of the things I just like to say is like, if you don't feel like yourself, it might be postpartum. Like who knows what it's gonna feel like? You don't know. It's not necessary. You want to drive your kids into a river. It might just be that. Yeah, it might just be that or the things that you used to like to do, you don't like to do anymore. And you don't find joy in it. You don't feel like yourself. Yeah. That is all it could be. I mean, it's not all because it's a big deal, but. Right. No. And I was going to say, I'm glad you said that too, because I was going to say that, you know, for me, I also didn't realize that I had, you know, postpartum either because I was obsessed with Amelia. Like I completely obsessed. I would do anything when she was awake and playing and feeding. Like it was like, I gave all of myself to her and then some, and it was like nothing. I was madly in love with motherhood in that moment. But then as soon as she would take a nap, she would be asleep for the night or someone else would have her. I would like go sit by myself and cry and didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Like I couldn't sit there and get myself ready. I couldn't get dressed. I couldn't look at my body because I couldn't stand how my body looked. I couldn't look at my face because I had heavy cystic acne, like which I believe actually manifested from the heavy postpartum. 
postpartum depression because I really do believe, you know, when things are going on the inside comes out on the outside. And so my face was a disaster. I couldn't handle who I was. And so whenever I wasn't with her, I would have like meltdowns. And like what you were just saying, Carrie, like I at first did send myself back to set right away because I was like convinced that's where I needed to be and I was on set like styling and I remember like being in the zone for a minute and styling and being like super happy and like getting people ready and then I had to step away to pump because like obviously I'm breastfeeding and like I have no choice and so I'd step away to pump and I'd start like hysterical crying and be like a disaster and I tell my assistant like you know I need a minute because like I'm losing my shit and I'll be in a few minutes and they would go handle things and I'd have to like completely get myself together and then go back to set and do what I need to do but then I'd get home and I'd be a wreck and I'd be like what the hell is my problem and I kept doing that until I finally couldn't go back to set anymore because I was like I don't know what my problem is am I missing being with with my daughter my my can't I just be me or I don't like this anymore like what is it and it really just ended up being not really one or the other it was really everything which was postpartum because it was just everything had taken over my hormones and everything had shifted I couldn't be happy in any situation and I needed to work on me and that was like really hard for me to decide to like really not go back to you know work and Hollywood and all that except for like here a little there projects and really send it over to my assistants and say I'm gonna stay home I'm gonna you know be in therapy I'm going to do all this work at home with myself with journaling with affirmations with all the things that I'm doing in order to get healthy again and it wasn't until really around a year old that you know when Amelia turned one and I remember we had her big party here and whatever Hollywood covered it blah 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 and I got ready and I remember like for the first time not having anxiety to get ready for her birthday and like being excited and feeling like pretty again and like being excited to like take pictures with her and my husband and like you know before that I have been going to red carpet events at the detriment of myself because kind of how you were saying Carrie of like living a double life in the beginning I couldn't accept it so I would just like get ready and go to red carpets with Amelia and force myself out but meanwhile I was like dying inside and I would just be like standing there on the carpet smiling acting like everything was fine and five minutes later I'd be like hysterical in my car driving home and I kept doing that myself until it finally was like enough and it was just like okay something's not right like this isn't healthy anymore you know and then from that I think I felt that same pressure of like showing up on social media that same way and so then when I was in my therapies you know that came up was like that my my social media was getting very much part of the depression and the pressure and they were like we think you should sign off and I remember being like what are you crazy it's my job and they were like doesn't matter like this is your health and it was like okay but that's part of my job and part of my work and like what do you mean and they were like doesn't matter like you need to look at your life and say like what's more important so I remember having to make that really heavy decision and signing off I wasn't on for two months and I was completely dark I remember coming back online afterwards first off I had so many messages obviously people were like what the hell happened to you I came back on and I remember like going to post like a picture from like a red carpet event and I started typing a caption and I remember just sitting there and like I know you guys because you guys are in the content space like you know when you sit there and you have like literally like a fog and you're like I don't know what Okay, (laughs) I know that feeling very well. (laughs) Oh yeah, especially now in pandemic. Uh So I'm sitting there and I'm just in a fog, and I'm like, "What the hell am I going to write about this picture?" And I'm just like, literally, feel like I'm like fake as I'm sitting here trying to write this caption. And I hit delete, and I delete the photo, and I start scrolling through my pictures and my photos, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, well, here's this picture of me," and it's like I'm super raw looking. I look like a total train wreck, and I'm like, "But that's how I feel." And I put it up, and I wrote this like crazy long caption, and I was crying as I'm typing it, and I just. remember like sitting there being like what am I nuts and I remember hitting post and there was this moment of like when I hit post I remember like crying but like feeling so freed and like taking such a deep breath and being like oh 
oh, like this almost like ecstasy of like I released it. But at the same time, I remember that night staring at my phone and like this sounds horrible, but like so real, like staring at the likes and the likes aren't going up, staring at like the photo and the impressions are down, watching my following like literally unfollow by the hour, like people just unfollowing me and unfollowing me. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? But I'm sitting there like watching this happen and I'm not taking it down. Like I easily could have archived it. I easily could have taken it down, but I was just like sitting there like kind of just watching this happen. And so I finally put my phone away and I walk away from all this and I reach out, of course, to my therapist and they're like, okay, leave it alone. Like just let it be for a few days. Don't go on like journal, do what you need to do. And so I step away for a few days. I come back and I have all these new messages and all these moms and like older moms, moms my age, like just all over messaging me being like, oh my God, are, like, are you okay? Thank you for sharing your story. Wow, I never knew like you could be so vulnerable. Like it was wild, the amount of messages and conversations that were happening even on my feed in this post. And I'm like, what the hell? At this point now, this post had almost like basically gone viral. All these mom co- punk companies are posting it and mom pages. And I'm like, what? Like, what is this? That was really where the vulnerability of me and the change in my brand and like who I was without even meaning to just shifted and changed. And before I knew it, all of a sudden, I was just every post I was writing was sharing my real raw mother. Two things I just want to add to that is the first thing is that I have found myself kind of re-triggered since quarantine. I mean, people are triggered from this, but yeah. Of course, of course. Some of the postpartum feelings and the sadness and the depression and the feeling bad about my body image and feeling like a shell of myself that I had worked through so hard through meditation and multiple therapies and all the things re-triggered now in quarantine. Like I felt like I had gotten over a big hump and now I've backslid a little bit because trauma begets trauma. I feel like I am fell down a little bit and I'm having to go back and do, you know, some more work on it. I mean, we're never done as people working better. No, we're never but done. I think it's an important thing to say that you could be re-triggered during this time. We, and I'll say I, but we, we're personally stalking your website and Instagram like oh, we. good interviewers should do yeah. before any Definitely kind of interview. Listen, Barbara Walters does it too. We are doing our due diligence. Yes, you are Guys, <laughs> that is called being a producer. And do your research. job. Right. Yes. You have gotten so much amazing exposure career-wise. Like you are really killing it in an area a lot of people are struggling. Like the market can be so saturated as a mom influencer, a blogger, a podcaster, stylist, all those things. And these are all areas that you have really blown up. Especially recently, these places, these industries are hard to get noticed. Like what are your secrets? You've done such an amazing job at this. Like how have you just killed the game? Oh, well, first off, that really means a lot to me because I, you know, just like you guys being entrepreneurs, like every day I'm like, how can I do something? better? How can I level up? You know, I feel like as an entrepreneur, you're always second guessing yourself and always trying to figure out how to do, you know, better and evolve more. But, um, you know, for myself, I think one, what you were speaking to of just like being real about everything I share, um, as hard as that can be, because I have a lot of family and friends who are not comfortable with the way I share. (laughs) It's part of my job and it's part of who I am and it's what's opened up the doors and the space for me. And so I feel like God, universe, all that put it on my heart. And I continue to share it. And so I think that's why so much of that has um, opened up and taken off for me because I do believe that I am helping others just like you guys are with this podcast. Like I really do believe at the end of the day, we are here to serve each other. And it really is 30 degrees of separation. So I feel like, you know, the more you share and help others with what you may be going through or what you may have experienced, the more that you're going to help someone else and then it's going to be rewarded to you. So I feel like that's one for me. Also, too, I just feel like honestly, I work really hard. Um, 
I really try to align with like the right people, the right brands, the right messaging. I don't say yes to everything. Um, back in the day, I did. And I was just like thirsty because I was totally in Hollywood and new to it and wanted everything and anything. And then I realized how much I was giving my power away. And in order to like stand in my power and to be able to be, you know, such a force, I needed to like take that back and say like, okay, what actually serves me? What's actually going to go back to like my why? Why am I doing it? Like, what does it align with? And I feel like the more I've done that, the more I've cultivated and created those bigger spaces for myself, those bigger opportunities, and the more things align and just keep coming to me when I'm not chasing them. And they're truly aligning with me. Yeah, I was, I'm so glad you got to the second part because I was like, that's all very good. We all do serve people. We do too, but give us your secrets because we need it on them. (laughs) (laughs) So what's been your biggest mom fail so far? Ashley and I have made a career of mom fails. Yeah, like literally that's, that's what we got named in 2020. Biggest parent, biggest mom fails of 2020. So what? I love it. Not by Yahoo, (laughs) just by mom trash. So what's yours? By sloppy mess mothers everywhere. <laughs> that should be our new in- intro, Ashley. We're for sloppy moms everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly true. I love it. I'm like, hmm, I'm trying to think like, what's a recent mom? I mean, I've definitely had many. Or your all-time favorite. Or an all-time favorite. Okay, 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 okay. I got it. I got one. All right. All-time favorite. Okay, so going back to being open in the red carpet days, and I was getting myself together and getting myself, you know, ready and to look fabulous to walk this, you know, red carpet. And I've got, you know, Amelia and the whole thing and and I show up at the red carpet I've you know I, I walk the red carpet and I take pictures my publicists have Amelia then they want to take pictures of course you know with Amelia to you know total Hollywood so Amelia gets in the picture so I'm, I'm holding her and she literally is trying to like latch on my boob like while I'm like trying to like pose and do this red carpet photo and she's legit like like grabbing and latching and I'm wearing like asshole I'm wearing like a dress that's like easily like you can grab (laughs) didn't think about that at all because I just wanted to look fabulous right of course (laughs) and she's like pulling and so as she's pulling (laughs) I fall oh no in my heels because I'm so flustered in the fact that like she's pulling and like my nips about to slip and like I'm falling over as I'm trying to like control my heels and so I like definitely like went down pretty good um and, <laughs> and my publicist like legit jumps in and like pushes the cameras like away from like snapping me <laughs> falling over on the carpet <laughs> wait it gets better so I get up if I'm falling and I go to like sit down and legit there's like milk falling out of my boob and I'm like Oh, my God. And it's like like a circle like on the dress. And then she's like, can you do another photo? And I'm like, uh, well, um, I have a milk stain. She's like, oh, okay, well, just put the baby there and then just like turn to the side and pose because we need a shot of you not falling. And so I had to get back on, stand back up and put her over me and like literally half pose, put like my little like faux pose to the side, like half turn and smile and pretend like I wasn't a train wreck. That was definitely one. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah, an that's amazing really good. story. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank God for my publicist, who's a mom of three, that she like totally got it and like jumped in, like legit pushed the bike photographers out like she was like on a mission, like, no, you're not getting a picture of her on the ground. <laughs> <It was funny. laughs> 
Allie, thank you so much for joining us. We always have such a good time chatting with you. Can you please plug yourself and tell the people where they can find you? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. You guys are so much fun. You can find me uh, everywhere on social at Allie Levine Design, just A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design, no S. Uh, my website, AllieLevine.com. And anywhere you listen to this amazing podcast, you can find everything with Allie Levine. Ashley and Carrie were both on my show and they're actually coming back on again because we love talking to you girl yeah yes we have so much fun and everybody's obsessed with the current episode so yeah anyway guys listen to a podcast come check out everything with Allie Levine it's everything real and raw it's motherhood as well as like kind of just everything because that's my life and shit show so it's just everything out there (laughs) (laughs) and yeah I mean and I love to like connect with everyone and and DM so slide in my DMs say hey let me know you found me from Momtourage and yeah guys thank you so much for having me thank Thank you you so much Allie always a pleasure and now we have a little mini segment called you know you're a mom if go for it Carrie take it away you know you're a mom if you go to the DMV to try to get your license renewed and you put your hand in your pocketbook and all that's in there are dinosaurs my kid (laughs) took out my wallet and everything else and just put dinosaurs oh so there was no wallet oh just dinosaurs in that same vein you know your mom if you find matchbox cars everywhere I mean literally everywhere in your drawers every corner of the house it's like my grandmother when she used to throw pennies around because apparently that wards away bad spirits except it's matchbox cars you know i learned something new about religion from you all the time (laughs) santeria santeria religion you know you know you're a mom if every single sweatshirt you own has pen or marker on it Uh, every single one yeah you know you're a mom if you made lunch for other people but not yourself Mm, true you know you're a mom if none of your pants fit (laughs) Oh, that one hit hard. Sorry, too soon. You know you're a mom if you have no tissues in your tissue box, but they're balled up clean everywhere else. (laughs) You know you're a mom if every time you go to the bathroom, the towel is on the floor because your kid (laughs) couldn't hang it back up and insisted on pulling it down to dry their hands. You know you're a mom if those said towels are just always damp. Just always, they never dry. There's always damp. You know, you're a boy mom if you find dried puddles of piss around your toilet. And everywhere else. And (laughs) everywhere. You know you're a mom if all of your eco straws are chewed off on the top. (laughs) I actually don't have that problem, but that does make a lot of sense. You know you're a mom if when you're vacuuming your house, you just find tons of little Play-Doh crumbs all over the floor. Oh, I hate that. It's the worst. The other day, my mom was like, there was a turd on the floor. But really, it was dried up Play-Doh that had fallen out of Luna's clean sock. And it was like all the colors mushed together. And it was hard. She's like, I think this is... She goes, where did that come from? We don't have Play-Doh here. I'm like, somewhere in Luna's something, rather. Gross. You know you're a mom if... Your showers last two seconds and still get interrupted. Oh, God, that's so true. You know you're a mom if every time you go to bed, your nightstand is completely destroyed. Oh, oh, that that hurt me so hard right there. Every single time. Same idea. You know you're a mom if your chapstick has more chapstick on the outside of it than inside the tube. Or there's like chunks missing. Yes. The chunks missing is what gets me. You know you're a mom if when you do laundry, there are leaps and bounds more children's clothes 
than adults. You know you're a mom if you were to get into some terrible car accident in the woods and you had to live off the food that's left in your car and you would be fine. <laughs> because every single nook and cranny, there's a Cheerio, a puff, stale pretzels, a, a half <laughs> a bar. I could live. I will never die. <laughs> I just got my car clean today, but yes, you know you're a mom if... Oh, I lost my train of thought. God, that actually... You know you're a mom if you lose your train of thought. (laughs) You know you're a mom if you go to take a marker out to do anything for yourself and it's all dried up. Ugh. On that note, you know you're a mom if every time you pull out a crayon, it's like broken in half or missing the tip. You know you're a mom if every time your husband pulls out, you're like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know you're a mom if every time you get your period, you're like, yes! Thank God! I was trying to go with, there were so many double entendres there when you were like, dried up, pull out. I was like, this, I'm really, I think you're talking about me and I'm nervous. You know, you're a mom if you haven't had sex in two months and you're like, it's fine. I'm just really tired anyway. I'm not in the mood either. You know, you're a mom if you're super excited about getting your second COVID shot so you can sleep for two days uninterrupted. Oh my God. The other day I was talking to Valerie and we were talking about, we were making some horrible joke about getting some disease. And I was like, oh God, that would be such good sleep, wouldn't it? It's so true. You're also a mom if even when your kid's not around, you can't sleep past like 8 a.m. Terrible. Terrible. Is that it? I had, there was that one that was good and it escaped my mind. Because you're a mom. I know. You know you're a mom if you haven't finished a full book or magazine since before your child was born. My God, I have like all these magazine subscriptions because I get deals on them, like $2 for a subscription and I haven't read any of them. I know, I have a huge stack. I'm like, guess I'll read these when she goes to college. Be really relevant news. (laughs) Honestly, you know you're a mom if all of a sudden you've hit an age where you just constantly look like shit and you just do not care like you just don't have it in you to try at all you're you're just like I give up yeah I'm retiring from the game the game is feeling good about myself and I retire retired (laughs) (laughs) tis the game of life oh god it's been rich guys I think it's about time for us to hashtag swag bag Hashtag swag bag. Uh, so mine this week is Paramount Plus, which like really do we need another streaming app? But apparently we do. And I'll tell you why. Almost every season of The Real World is on there. So Matt and I watched the first season, New York. We're almost done with that one. We actually started with season 12, which was the original Las Vegas, like the Trichelle, the what, like, our high school heyday real world. Um, and yep. then we're going back. We're almost done with season one because one of the original programs or, or shows that they have for Paramount Plus is real world season one reunion. It's like they brought them back and they live in a house. And I think it's fucking genius. It's the same house. It's, it's the, the same, same house. house. It's the same people. Honestly, I think it is the smartest. Rea- you guys know I love my reality. And it's not just on a like shallow. Oh, my God. I love the petty. And don't get me wrong. I love the petty. But for me, I really like all the like production aspect of it because I'm so such a fucking nerd with that. So I think it is so genius that they did that. And now I think I think I want them to do it with like all my favorite old seasons. I really want to see it because I was very invested in that show. That was like Me too. It was the first real that one. That was my childhood. Yeah. yeah. So I really want to see it, but I don't have Paramount Plus. Well, you can so. sign up for a free month. Fun. 
funsies. What's yours? Okay, my hashtag swag bag. Y'all know how I'm obsessed with nails. For some reason, I was feeling nail energy today from you. Uh, Half of my swag bags have been nail related. All right. The number one top coat on the market, guys. It's called (laughs) Out the Door. Out the Door Top Coat. It is the best top coat I've ever experienced. Out the Door? That's the brand? Out the Door. That's the name of the top coat. Out the Door. Out the Door. It is the bomb diggity of top coats. Truly, it's shiny, goes on well, never clumps, and makes your regular manicure last a very long time. So uh, my hashtag swag bag is out the door. There you have it. Real world and out the door. We're living in our past. <laughs> well, guys, it's been real. I'm going to go shit my brains out and nap oh, from I'm this so COVID-2 vaccine. I want to shit my brains out. <laughs> and snuggle with my soulmate, my dog. Oh, True story. I'm going to go cry myself Get that. You see sleep. what I did there? No. Aww. True story. That's the real word. He was like, true story. You mean this is the true story of seven strangers picked to live in a house? But then they said, this is the true story. And the guy goes, true story of oh. seven strangers. That must be like a particular season because they change it every season. Do you have a favorite real world cast member of all time? Eric Nice, I think. Really? Your niece of the I drives. get why now because he's from your, your area. And he was a dreamboat back then. He That's was, totally but rewatching it, he's real dumb. Like I painfully know. dumb. But you know, that didn't matter to me when I was like mm, 12 or whatever yeah. I was. I've always liked CT. Always. Even when he was like a fucking really? loose cannon. Now that he's older even his back and forth DMI CT. If CT came up to me tomorrow and was like I love you. I think I'd be like okay let's do this. I also like the rapper chick from the first one. Oh yeah she was she, oh I'm watching it. What's her name? Not Julie not Eric not. Julie's the only one that seems to have aged well by the way. She was always very natural and pretty. Yes. She's one of those girls I would call a horse girl. She seems like a horse girl. She does seem like a horse girl. Yes. And not in the SJP yeah. way. You had to clarify that. No, not like me. she has a horse face. Just like the way that like I called you. Like you seem like girl. a horse. Yeah. Yeah. You seem like a horse girl yourself. Thank you so much. That is actually a You're compliment. welcome. I love yes. you so much. Go shit your brains out. Shit more for me. Maybe I'll sure, live bye. vicariously through you. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.